And we're going to have our young people stay in today um, instead of going out to junior church. I wanted to talk to, to everyone. And I want to talk to you today about being thankful, being thankful. Uh, this is Thanksgiving, and that's typically what we are reminded to do is be thankful this time of year. But really, we should be thankful all the time. Thankfulness makes a huge difference in our lives, doesn't it? I ran across a couple quotes that I'll share with you. John Ortberg said this, Gratitude is the ability to experience life as a gift. It liberates us from the prison of self-preoccupation. How many of us realize what a gift life really is? And um, when, we, when we're young, I think sometimes we, we don't understand that completely. The younger we are, the less we understand that. And the older we become, the more we understand what a gift life is. Uh, as you just watch these young people be baptized, follow the Lord in baptism, I watch them around the church and even here today, and I think what a, what a blessing life really is, how that God gives us these ones in our life. And then as we get older and our life begins to pass by and the years begin to add on to us, we realize what a blessing life is. And uh, then as we watch our loved ones, as they grow old and enter eternity, again, we're reminded of what a blessing life really is. And it's something that we hold on to dearly, isn't it? So he said it's the ability to look at life as a gift. And then Helen Keller, who was blind and deaf, she was actually, I think, the first blind and deaf person to receive a bachelor's degree. Uh, So she did not let her disabilities hold her up. She said this, and this is coming from a blind and deaf person. She says, it has been said that life has treated me harshly, and sometimes I have complained in my heart because many pleasures of human experience have been withheld from me. As I read that, I can't, I can't imagine what she would have missed out on, you know, how horrible it would have been. I, I love music, and I can't imagine never hearing music or never hearing, you know, the dog barking at you when you come home or never hearing your children laughing in the other room. Um, there's just so many sounds. Uh, just a few years ago, Jill had a miraculous surgery and had her hearing restored, and I'm always... Uh, excited when I see her post little things on Facebook about just being beside the ocean and hearing the surf for the first time or, or appreciating that. And how many times do we take things like that for granted? And so she said, yeah, it's, it's robbed me of that. And then for sight, to not be able to see things. Um, I don't think any of us would want to do without that. I, I'm, I love photography. That's one of my hobbies, my passions. And I can't imagine not being able to see. Um, it, it just, it, it would be devastating. And yet, how many times do we take that for granted? And so she said, you know, sometimes I have complained in my heart because many pleasures of human experience have been withheld from me. And then she said this, if much has been denied me, much, very much has been given me. And so what she was able to do was in the midst of even the things that she didn't have, she was able to say, but I've been given even more than that. What a, what a reminder to us that no matter where we are today, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what we have or don't have or where we are or wish we could be, that there's always something to be thankful for. Always something to be thankful for. I want to look at Luke's Gospel, chapter 17 today. And Jesus is uh, performing a miracle here. It'll be familiar to you as we read it, I'm sure. It says in verse 11, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. One of the things that you need to know about this parable is this was one of these parab- or stories, this is one of these events in Jesus' life that it didn't just happen. 
This was intentional. Jesus was in this place at this time for a purpose. And there are many, there are many stories like that, many miracles that were performed like that. They weren't just happenstance. God had a plan and a purpose. And, you know, God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. I don't think that it's a, a coincidence that any of you are here today. I think that God has something for you. I don't think that it's a coincidence that you're a, a part of this church. God has a purpose for that. And so God has a purpose for all of us. And so there he was. He's passing between Samaria and Galilee. And verse 12 says, And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, saying Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Leprosy was one of the worst illnesses of the day when Jesus was there. That was something that you would dread ever hearing the news that you have leprosy. Lepers were treated as outcasts. It was a highly contagious disease, something that was very painful, torturous, not necessarily cutting your life short, but making your life miserable. And these lepers had been pushed out from society. They were not allowed to be around other people because of this disease. In fact, if they were there and someone else was coming in the direction of them, they were to cry out with a loud voice, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine the way that must have made them feel? Sometimes no one has to say a thing to us to make us feel small about ourselves. Sometimes it's our own guilty conscience. Sometimes it's our own feelings of inadequacy that make us feel bad about ourselves. But to have someone make it the rule that whenever you're approached by anyone else, you're to cry out how unclean you are. Can you imagine that? Whatever the sin is in our lives, what if, what if that were applied to us and that any time that we were around folks, we had to shout out at the top of our lungs and tell them exactly what our sins were? I don't know about you, but I'd just as soon keep my sins between me and God. I'd just as soon pray in my closet at home and ask God to forgive me and never have anyone know the things that I do or don't do. And so these men came and they cried out with these loud voices. They said, Master, have mercy on us. In verse 14, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. And there's some things in this story that we need to really understand. And many times we read this story and we think about the one man who came back to thank Jesus for what had been done for him. I mean, that's the obvious lesson in this is 10 are healed from leprosy and only one takes the time to turn back and actually praise God for it. I wonder if that's close to the percentage of folks today that actually take the time to thank God for what he's done for them in their lives. I wonder if sometimes we're maybe like these lepers. Can you imagine if you'd had leprosy and you were an outcast from society and, and you were pushed off into a leper colony and never could have family or relations or friends or a career or a job or anything else, and all of a sudden you're healed. You've met Jesus and you walk away and you see the scales begin to fall off and you realize my life has changed. And all of a sudden now, I've got the prospect of going home, maybe to family that I haven't seen in a long time. Maybe I've got the idea that I can now pursue a career 
I can get a job and maybe I can own a home or a place to stay and maybe I could find a mate and get married and have my own children and maybe I could go explore new places that I've never been able to go to before. And That may be what brought these lepers to the place where only one out of ten returned home to thank Jesus for what he had done. And we look around the world today, especially in America, how blessed are we? How good has God really been to us? That when we leave here today, most of us will hop in a vehicle of some type and we'll head home in comfort with air conditioner blazing, if you're like me. <laughs> and we'll go into our home and there'll probably be something on the stove cooking or in the crock pot smelling the house up. Or maybe if you're really blessed, you'll head off to Chili's like Brother Carl does or or you'll head off to McDonald's and you'll grab a hamburger and you'll get to eat out and you won't even have to clean the dishes. And, and yet we forget sometimes how blessed we are. Then we'll go home and later on tonight we'll pull the sheets back on the bed and we'll crawl into a big old fat king-sized pillow top mattress. We'll bury our head under the blankets and we won't feel a chill at all all night long and we'll wake up refreshed tomorrow. We'll have a refrigerator full of food and cabinets full of canned goods. Not a care in the world. And yet I wonder sometimes if we've forgotten to praise God. It might be that we're like these men. Maybe we've gotten so busy with the blessings God has given us that we've forgotten to take the time to go back and worship God. We've got our careers going, and so, you know, I'm busy now. I work five days a week or six days a week, and and I just don't have time for church right now. That's probably where these lepers were. Or we're blessed with a family. Man, I've got my wife and kids, and they're young, and they're going to grow up real fast, and so I've got to spend every moment I can with my kids exploring this world and all its beauty and all its greatness. I just don't have time to commit to church or to commit to Christ. That's probably where these lepers were. Thanksgiving is Thursday, and we'll gather around family and friends. It's interesting how we always separate those two, don't we? Family and friends. Just makes you wonder sometimes. But we'll gather around family and friends, and we'll eat, and we'll visit, and we'll laugh, and we'll enjoy time together. But I wonder how many will be back Sunday to worship the God that gave them all those blessings. And so that's an obvious lesson in this. But a second lesson in this that we many times miss is who this one that returned was. Out of 10 lepers healed, only one returns. And the one, he makes note that he is a Samaritan. And Jesus later on says, only the foreigner returned. And if you know anything about the Jews and the day that they lived, Samaritans were really half-breeds. They were half-Jew, half-Arab. They had forsaken the Jewish faith because of circumstances, and they were off in foreign lands because of captivity. And so they were really looked down upon by the Jews. They were the lowest of the low. In fact, many times they would compare Pharisees to being like dogs. And yet it was the Pharisee that turned around and praised God. This man that praised God had a couple strikes against him. Or excuse me, a Samaritan, not the Pharisee. Samaritan. So this man had two strikes against him, though. He was a Samaritan, the half-breed, the one who people looked at, and if we've ever thought of racism in the day and age we live, this was what existed then. There was a racism against these Samaritans. 
And not only was he a Samaritan, but he was a leper on top of it. I mean, you talk about someone having all the strikes against him you could imagine. It was this guy. People couldn't get close to him because of his physical illness. People didn't want to get close to him because of his nationality. And yet, he's the one that returns and praises God. And that really should let us know that many times it's those of us that God has had to save from the deepest of sins that are sometimes the most grateful. It's very easy if we maybe grow up in church and spend our whole life in church to forget really how blessed we are. But it's sometimes those that have been out in the world and have committed the the most terrible acts and who have felt the most unworthy that when God comes along and saves them, they are overwhelmed by His grace and His mercy. And so the Samaritan is the one that comes back. And I want to share with you this morning five things that we should catch from this passage of Scripture that we should be thankful for with God. And the first one is this. We should be thankful this morning that God is approachable. That God is approachable. That He's not just there for the good folks. He's there for all folks. He's not just there for the rich. He's there for the rich and the poor. Amen? He's not just there for the Americans, but He's there for all nationalities. He's there for the Mexican and the the black and the white and the Chinese. He's there for all races, not just one. We serve a God who is extremely approachable. And he's not just there for those that have lived a sheltered life and have never done anything wrong. He's even there for ones like the leper who were outcast from society. And in our day, isn't it good to know that even if you've been a drug addict, a bank robber, a thief, a murderer, whatever you've been and done in this life, God is still approachable for you. That these lepers in their disease and their sickness could still come to Christ. And there's something about this because they, they were commanded to stay away from people, to keep their distance, to cry out and warn people of their uncleanness. And yet something in these lepers saw Jesus as being one that they could approach. They kept a distance, but they did come close to Jesus and cry out to him. They saw that he was there and that he was approachable. This morning, do you understand how approachable God is? This morning in Sunday school, we read one of the scriptures was that if we'd ask, he'd answer. If we'd seek, we'd find. And if we'd knock, the doors would be opened. And it just shows us how approachable Jesus is. That God wants to have a relationship with every one of us. I can't tell you how many times through the years I've heard people, as I've witnessed to them and shared the gospel with them, make statements like this. I've just done too much. God could never forgive me. God is approachable. God is full of mercy. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no sin that will move you to the place where God will not listen to your cry for mercy. I've heard people make statements like, I, I just, I got to clean my life up first. And once I get my life straightened out, then I'll go to church and and then I'll serve the Lord. But I can't go like I am now. Those lepers would have never been healed if they said, as soon as we get over leprosy, we'll go find Jesus. They went to him in the condition they were in. And they found a Savior who was approachable, that was there to listen to them and heal them. The Old Testament prophet 
speaks of God, and he says that God says, am I a God that is just a far off? And he says, no, I'm a God that is a far off and near, that I am everywhere you go. God is always close at hand. And so we should be thankful that God is approachable. This morning, no matter what your relationship with the Lord is, you need to know that he is so close to you. Isn't that strange? Because many times we feel so far away from God. And the difference is we may be far away from God, but he is never far from us. He's always within a cry for mercy. He's approachable. The second thing that we should be thankful for is we should be thankful that God is merciful. Aren't you glad that he is a merciful God? We get hung up so many times on that idea of why do bad things happen to good people when maybe we really should focus on why do good things happen to bad people? Because the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The scripture says there is none righteous, no, not one. And the truth is, if we were to tally up our sins, and wouldn't that be an event at church? Come in and have whiteboards all along the wall and your name listed right at the top. And as you walk in, we say, hit the board, buddy. If you need more pens, let me know if you run out of ink. But if we were to list all of our sins, maybe then we'd realize how much we need mercy from God. Because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We deserve death, both physical, spiritual, eternal death because of our sin. But God in his mercy loves us. And he's willing to forgive us of our sins. He's willing to wash us and make us clean. We serve a God that is so filled with mercy. N.T. Wright, the theologian, said this, when we, read, when we learn to read the story of Jesus and see it as the story of the love of God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves, that insight produces again and again a sense of astonished gratitude, which is very near the heart of authentic Christian experience. And Wright was reminding us very much that we need to begin to understand and really grasp that God has done for us what we could never do for ourselves. That when Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins, he did something we could never do. If we were to pay the price for our sins, we would have died and it would have been over. But Jesus paid the price for our sins. He rose again and he made it possible for us to have eternal life through Jesus. Be thankful that God is merciful. And God is so merciful you ever stood before a judge with a traffic ticket or a summons or something and hoped for mercy? And you find very rarely do we see that in the world below. But to think that the most righteous judge of all time is also the most merciful judge. That we stand before this God and we cry out, God, help me. God, show mercy on me. God, forgive me. And he hears that cry. We need to be thankful that he's approachable and that he's merciful. And this morning, I want to remind you to be thankful that God heals, that God heals. I'm sure that the 10 men that were healed that day recognized the power that he had to heal their disease. Can you imagine just calling out from a distance and saying, Lord, heal me, and him saying, turn around, head to the church. And they turn around immediately and begin to head that way. And as they're walking towards the priests, they're healed. What a... What an amazing thing. 
By the way, our God still heals. He did not lose his power over sickness at any point in Scripture, and he's not lost it yet. He still heals. This last week, there was a a country music lady, the lady that sang uh, uh, the Father's Hands song, Passed Away. And I read one of the quotes about her, and she said that she was trusting for God to heal her and that she knew no matter what that he would heal her. And as I read that, I thought he did exactly what she trusted him to do. Because she closed her eyes in this life and she woke up in heaven with no cancer. But God also heals here below. There are times when we are sick and we struggle with our health and we call out to God and he heals us here. But beyond the physical healing, God heals us spiritually, emotionally. God is a God that heals. I am so grateful that he heals. He sent them to the priests and they were healed as they obeyed. Sometimes I wonder if the reason we don't find the healing in God that we long for is we simply don't obey him. We don't trust him. We say, God, my life is a mess. I need you to do something with it. And then we walk away and never do anything he's asked us to do. And we wonder, why isn't God helping me? We've got to be obedient. And then we need to be thankful that God loves us unconditionally. Unconditionally. Aren't you glad for that? You ever look in the mirror and step back and say, I'm so glad my mate loves me. <laughs> I saw a picture this last week. Facebook is, is, is a terrible, it can be a good thing, it can be a terrible thing. But I saw a picture this last week of, of a well-known Free Will Baptist preacher, and it was him and his wife from, I think, 35, 40 years ago. And they're in this picture, and, and she was pretty, and he was as ugly as sin. And I saw that picture, and I thought, thank God for unconditional love. By the way, men, be careful laughing because a lot of us are in the same boat. Amen? But the fact that God could love us unconditionally is more than just how we look. God loves us even when we've been ugly with the way we act or the way we live, the things we say, the things we do. God's love is unconditional. It isn't like God looked down from heaven and he saw us and said, man, what a bunch of really great people. I think I'll send my son Jesus and and have him die for them because they're worth it. He looked down and he saw sin and ugliness, depravity. He saw us at our very worst. We're very good at putting a front on when we come to church or go places, but God has seen us at our very worst. And he still loved us. God looked at these lepers that day, and while everyone else had cast them off, he loved them. He had time for them. He was willing to heal them. And it wasn't just the the lepers that happened to be of one race or another race. It was all of them. He loved the Samaritan leper. He has unconditional love for us. And finally... We need to be thankful that God makes us whole. He makes us complete. In the story, we find that he heals ten as they turn around and head off into the distance. 
one looks at himself and says, God's healed me. And he turns and he comes back to Christ and he kneels and he worships God. And something very important takes place there. He speaks to him, and let me just read to you what it says. In verse uh, 19, And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. There's a distinction between the other nine and this one. The other nine received healing from God. He did a miraculous thing for them. He did a kind thing, a wonderful thing, a loving thing for them. But just this one who was thankful, he speaks to him and he says, arise, your faith has made you whole or complete. You see, I think all of us fit into the category of these lepers today. God has been wonderful to every one of us in this room. You say, well, if you're Christians, you have, no, everyone. Today, whether you're a believer or not, whether you're a church member or not, whether you've been baptized or not, whether you've accepted Christ as your Savior or not, God has been wonderful to you. You have much to be thankful to God for. You got here just like the rest of us. You've got nice clothes on like the rest of us. You'll go home to a nice house like the rest of us. Your health has you strong enough to get out and around like the rest of us. We all fit into the category of these 10 lepers. God has been merciful to every one of us. The very fact that we're, we're still here and he hasn't wiped us off the map says that God has been merciful to us. But this one leper was different. This one leper turned and he realized how good God had been to him that day. And he came and he bowed himself before Jesus in an act of faith, and he worshiped the Lord. And that act caused Jesus to say, your faith has made you whole. You see, I think nine lepers went away that day healed, but not completely whole. And the truth is probably there'll be people that leave this church today blessed like everyone else, but not completely whole. I noted in my Bible that the lepers needed more than what they originally asked for. And I think that every one of us could probably say that about ourselves. We have these ideas of what do I need in life to make me happy? And it needs to be a, a wife or a husband and children and a home and a car and a job. And we need all these things. But the truth is we need far more than just that. We need to be made whole spiritually. And only Jesus can do that. And so I guess my question for you today is, which of the lepers would you like to be associated with? The nine that were healed and walked away? Or the one that experienced God's blessings like everyone else, but then bowed on his knees before Christ and said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And expressed his faith in God. And have God say to you, your faith has made you whole. Let's stand. Dear God.